So I'm going to talk to you tonight about the deity of Jesus, um, that is, that he is God. And so uh, right after I was born again, about four years ago, I was really zealous, and I was walking into the library, and I seen two Jehovah Witnesses, and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to um, talk to them, I'm going to have to let them know, you know, what the truth is, because I know that one of the things they taught is that Jesus isn't God. And so anyway, uh, when I engaged them, um, I started to regret it soon afterwards because they were using the scriptures in error. I knew that, 100%. But I wasn't able to really counter them, and I didn't know the Bible well enough. And so uh, because of that, it kind of sent me down this, onto this study of Jesus, so that he is God. And um, anyway, so there's a proverb that goes with that, and it's Proverbs 19.2. It says, Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps errors. And so, not only is it good when you have to correct somebody, to, you know, but also, too, um, our whole walk with the Lord, um, our worship of Him, and our witness of Him all reflect on our understanding of His identity. And so, if you're going to have someone over for dinner and they don't believe, you want to be able to open up the Bible and take them through the Scriptures to show them if they have questions, serious questions, that, yeah, Jesus, He's God. And so what I'm going to teach you tonight is a pretty handy tool. It's an acronym. And um, it comes from this scripture here in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And so no one is able to snatch them out of Jesus' hand, and no one is able to snatch us out of his Father's hand. It's the same hand. And so the acronym is HAND. And so uh, Jesus shares the same honors due to God throughout the whole Bible, attributes, names, deeds, and seat. And so this is one of those things you can go through the whole Bible doing this, and even on your own time, uh, it just makes your faith much more stronger in the Lord, and uh, you draw closer to Him, it seems like. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of scripture. I'm just going to go from the Old Testament to New Testament, cross-referencing certain things. And then uh, there's some, a few stories I'd like to tell you at the end. Um, H. So, in the Bible, the Old Testament, there's a way of writing the Jews did, and it's called a doxology. And how it goes, you probably see them in the Psalms a lot. They'll say, all honor, glory, might, dominion, power, wisdom, strength to God. Well, there's some doxologies in the Old Testament that mirror perfectly with some written to the Lamb in the New Testament. And so, doxology comes from the Greek word doxa, which means glory. And so, First uh, Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 through 12, it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Revelation chapter 5, verses 12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 
there's a whole bunch of those that you can do throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, and it's really cool. Um, Jesus is worshipped. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 20. Deuteronomy chapter 5 through 7. You shall have no other gods before me. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Jesus is worshipped by men, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. He's worshipped by angels. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. Let all the angels of God worship him. Uh, He's worshipped by men, he's worshipped by angels, and everybody will worship him. Um, It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. He's prayed to. The first recorded prayer to Jesus is in Acts. And it's after uh, he ascended, and they're all in this room, and they're deciding who's going to be, who's going to take Judas's place. And so they pray, and they say, "Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place." Stephen, first Christian martyr, as he was being stoned to death, prayed to Jesus. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. Acts chapter 7, verses 59 through 60. Um, When they were stoning Stephen, Paul was there, and they were laying jackets down at his feet. After that, he uh, witnessed Stephen calling on the name of the Lord, Jesus, and then he was commissioned to go to Damascus to arrest all those who call on the name of the Lord. And so... Uh, it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 58 through 59, And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So Paul's on his way there, and uh, he's on commission. Acts chapter 9, uh, verses, verse 14, after he was converted on the trail, uh, this guy in the town, Ananias, got a vision, and uh, God said, uh, there's a man going to come to you, and uh, this is what it says, he has, and then so Ananias anyway replies, and he says, he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name, so anyway, calling on the name of Jesus, so Joel chapter 2, verses 32, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Old Testament. Attributes. uh, Eternality. Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. John 8, 58. Um, he's uh, omniscient. First Kings chapter eight verse thirty nine. Then here in heaven, your dwelling place, and forgive and act, 
and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Matthew chapter 9, verse 4. Names. We went through honors, attributes, now we're at names. He's called God. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Deuteronomy 4.35 Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Titus 2.13-14 Our great God and Savior. Deeds. Salvation. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 21 through 24. And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that, every, that to me every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, Surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. And then uh, there's a New Testament cross-reference. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And uh, so S is seat. Um, Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Romans 14, 10 through 11. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So, I'm take, or I took this class just recently. I just got out of it, and uh, Dee was encouraging us all to write stories to illustrate the gospel to people. And so, I have three stories I'd like to share with you. Um, I daydream a lot. I drive at work, and I have all day long, and I'm daydreaming behind the wheel. And I daydream a lot about being a hero. And I'll think... What if I was driving down the road and somebody went off the bridge into the river and I have to dive in and I save her and I get her up on shore and then everybody sees it happened and uh, the news shows up and they say Shane Perez is a hero and my mom and my dad see it and people I know. and uh, Or other times too I'll think, what if some kid needs a heart transplant or something? Just crazy daydreams. And uh, so um, there's a devotional I read. It's called Battlefields and Blessings. And there's a story about a guy who's a pilot in World War II. He would fly his plane above the Japanese air bases alone to get them to come up to engage him. And when they did, he would shoot a whole bunch of them down. And then he'd take off and get out of there. He was an ace. And so his name was... uh, Pappy is what they called him. And uh, so anyway, he uh, was a hero. And he got home, and um, he started battling a new enemy, 
which was alcoholism and cigarettes. He almost died twice from it. He uh, had just a series of uh, sort of just uninspiring jobs, little things he did. And uh, he did write a book, though, called Ba Ba Black Sheep. And uh, at the end of the book, he says, if this story were to have a moral, I would say this. You show me someone who you think's a hero, I'll prove he's just a bum. And so, that being said, we don't have any righteousness on our own. I don't care if I jumped off a bridge or what I did. Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our unrighteousnesses are like filthy rags. So I was at the beach over Labor Day weekend, and there's a whole bunch of people there. And you can know a few things about people for certain from what the Bible says. And one of them is that Romans 3 scripture right there. We're all guilty. Everyone is, we're all, all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Another thing you can know for certain, when you look at anybody tonight, when you go into Fred Meyer or wherever you're at, you can know God formed whoever you're looking at in their mother's womb. Every hair on their head's numbered. He chose the times and places set for them. Every individual you see, it says that in Acts. God chose the times and places set for them so that they would seek me, though I am not far from each one of them. And so that's something to keep in mind. Um, So last summer I was dating this girl, and I tried everything I could think of to convince her to like me the way I liked her. And, I mean, I had flowers sent to her house. I had... uh, I took her to the Redwoods, took her to the coast, took her camping. We went out on boats, fishing. We were all over Oregon. And um, it didn't work. So I started thinking about the Lord, and I was like, you know, I didn't have to convince God to send his son to die for me. So God's love for us isn't dependent upon us having to convince him to do so. Um, It says in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man... Someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I didn't even know I needed Jesus to die for me. And even if I had known it, 
There's no way I could have convinced God to do it because he did it for me when I was in sin. He loved me first. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9-10, through 10, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So I love God because he first loved me. So in this class, D says, salt the oats. I don't know if I've done that so far. But with this last story, I'm probably going to pepper the oats. And I'm a little bit nervous to share it with you. But I'm terrible in math. I mean, I was pretty much born knowing how to read. But math is, my, is a bad subject. I'm terrible in math. I always have been. So, in the eighth grade, they had these state math tests you got to take. You get two tries. I failed the first try miserably. And my teacher came to me and said, you know, Shane, you're not going to pass that test. And I said, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm pretty much dead to rights here on this. It's a low score. And he goes, you know, you scored really high on your reading and writing. and I'd, I'd hate to see you get held back, and I'm going to take the test for you. So my teacher and I sat down. He got on the computer and went through the test. At the end, I got an absolutely perfect score. And he said, Shane, no one's ever going to believe you took this test. And I said, I know. And he goes, let's shut the computer off and we'll just say it crashed. And I said, all right. So we shut the computer off. So I don't tell you that story to glorify that kind of misconduct in schools. I don't tell you that story to say it's okay for teachers to meet the requirements for their students or for their students to have to trust in their teacher. Unless we're talking about the teacher, capital T. And so in John chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. So, we don't really have anything to bring to the table. (laughs) Just like I couldn't pass that math test, there's nothing we can do to get into heaven on our own righteousness. So, um, it says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19. Let's see, 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So Jesus is God 
And Jesus has saved us. God has saved us. And so I started thinking, you know, if I were to depend even just a, even just a little bit, let's say I didn't know the Lord, and if I were to depend upon any little bit of my own righteousness, hell would await me, not heaven. I'm saved by God. And so um, right after I was born again, I, I, there was a certain sin I kept falling into. And I, um, I just thought, well, what the heck, you know? And uh, so I was driving to work, and I was praying. And um, now I want you to know beforehand, this is where my understanding was. It's not there now. But at that time, I think I'd been following Jesus for maybe a year. And anyway, so I was driving to work, and I just was praying. And I said, Lord, uh, you know, I keep messing up with this sin. And um, I don't want to, but I keep messing up. And I was wondering you know, maybe you can just take me out of here now and get me into heaven right now. And, because I don't really want to do this sin against you anymore. This is where my thinking was. Just hear me out. So, and I I was serious. And so I get to work, and I I work swing shift, and I was driving all night long, and I uh, was praying. And at this point in time, my prayer sort of started to develop a little bit more. And I was like, Lord, is there someone that needs like a transplant or any way we could work this out. You can get me out of here and get me into heaven. I don't have to deal with all this crap down here. I'd just rather come be with you. And um, so anyway, on my way home, I was praying some more, and uh, I was crying. I mean, now I can look back on it laughing, but um, I was like, man, I don't know that I should have been praying that. This is pretty heavy. You know, maybe I shouldn't have been asking God that. And um, so I said, Lord, uh, there's something I'm not getting here. Would you please help me understand what it is? There's something I'm not really sure about. So anyway, I got home about 3 in the morning, fell asleep, and this guy from my church, Dave, calls me up, and uh, he says, Hey, Perez. And I was like, you know, he knows I work swing. He knows I've been up all night. And, he, and I go, hey. And he goes, uh, hey, I got a question for you. And then I'm a little bit even more irritated, and I go, okay, yeah, what is it? And he goes, if you died tomorrow... Would you still be sinning? And I go, whoa. And I woke up and I thought, only the Lord knows what I was praying in my heart. He didn't know. And I go, no. And I hated to answer it. And he goes, why? And I go, I'd be dead. He goes, turn to Romans 6.11. It says, therefore, reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So what the Lord was telling me was, you already died. I already took care of you. I already killed you. You died with my son on the cross when you put your faith in him. You were buried with him. Your old man was crucified. All of your sin was paid for. He took you to the grave, and now you're in the likeness of his resurrection. I'm not ever going to die now. I have eternal life because Jesus has saved me purely by his grace and my faith in him. And so that's the gospel. Jesus is God. Jesus became a man. Jesus lived a perfect life, never even sinned at all. Um, when he was on the cross, he had all my sin on him. My old man was on him. God looked at him as if I did it, poured out his wrath on him. He paid the price completely, died with me, all my sin on the cross, and uh, rose again three days later. 
and he's alive right now, and I'm very thankful that I get to be here and talk about him, and I'm saved, and I get to talk, you know, preach Jesus. In the Lord is my righteousness, in the Lord is my strength. So, um, yeah, so that's all I have, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, so uh, that's the gospel. I encourage you guys to think up stories, life uh, events, illustrations. Look at, back on things and understand, uh, you know, what the Lord has done for you. And give him all the glory. And uh, people need to hear about it because it's a free gift. And they don't have to do anything to earn it. You know, they don't have to convince God to, to love them. He already loves them. Everyone you see also tonight when you leave here, everybody that you see, you can also know one last thing. God loves him so much, he demonstrated it in this way that his son died for him. So that ought to make us go, wow, yeah, you know Jesus died for you? 100%, it's a fact. It is a fact. And all they got to do is hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. So they hear that, don't worry about how they respond. It might take a year, two, three years. Later on, though, that little seed, someone's going to water it, and they can get faith and believe. That's all I got to do is believe. So uh, just thanks a lot for being here tonight, and uh, I worked hard today. I'm kind of tired. And, but um, anyway, I love you guys, and uh, I'm just going to pray really quick. Dear Lord, thank you for letting me come up here and preach from your word and uh, I just pray, Lord, that somebody got something out of it tonight, and I just pray that um, you would be glorified, and I love you, Lord, and I just pray that you would bless everyone in here, watch over them tonight, and um, pray that uh, they would uh, thank you, I mean, at least 50 times a day for dying for them on the cross. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.